Hello and welcome to the Ride It Out podcast, the official podcast of Summonats, the world's wildest car festival. My name's Jay Benz and I'm joined by my mate, Alan Webb, aka O-Dub. What's happening, mate? <laughs> Plenty, mate. Hey, how good was last week's podcast? That Those guys from the Red Centre. Now you know why I like that event so much. It's just an awesome time. I know. I said, I said, I know, and I know that it sounds weird, but because I've never been a Red Centre Nats, I'm looking forward to it being like a just a mind-blowing experience and yeah i'm super looking forward to it yeah and look i mean everybody or most people that's listening here would have seen it and but without going over it all but what i really like about it is the way the town embraces all of all the people the entrance the officials everybody yeah. that's that's very unique and secondly the diverse people and the diverse range of cars so you just get a little bit of everything and then of course all the events that go with it the drag race and the cruise and everything so yeah, yeah. A truly great event. Yeah, after that last week, that chat, I was super amped about Red Sand and that's I was looking at more photos and more videos and stuff about <laughs> what's going to happen. And, you know, by me saying, like, I'm excited that I've to go, like, and the fact that I haven't been, I think, is cool because it's going to be, it's just going to be to go for the first time. I'm sure you can remember your first time there and you, you probably, you know, never forget it. Yeah, yeah, I had to work really hard. That's what I remember. No, 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 I really, <laughs> I really loved it. But, I can guarantee you, I bet you the, one of the first things you do will be a Macca's run, correct? Oh, 100%. I'm going to I'll find someone to jump in with, that's for sure. Or borrow someone's car. I don't even get anything. It is so good. All good. Perfect. Almost, it'll almost be as, uh, as good as tonight's show. Tonight we have John Pillar from Powerhouse Engines on, Steve Loder, who was known for smashing tyres off UC Smoke, and then we have Australian motoring legend John Bow. We also have Street Machine editor Andrew Broadley coming on for a bit of a chat, so that'll be interesting to talk to him about what's been happening with those guys. But how about, you know, just to touch on John Bauer, he must be the most winning Australian driver in, in history, right? I was just going to get took the words out of my mouth, Jay Benz. He is actually um, probably the, well, not probably, he is Australia's most winning living driver at the moment. He's won, as, as I'm sure I'm going to ask him in all the, uh, in the interview, He's won Bathurst. He's done. He originally started as a. He's the Gold Star champion way back before probably most of the people listening can't even remember. But that was open wheeler racing, and then he's done the Targas. He's done sports sedan, and then right through now, and he's doing um, touring car masters. So yeah, he's he's definitely Australia's most winningest driver, and he's a, a guy that uh, just loves racing and also loves people. So looking forward to that chat with John. Yeah, I saw him recently. Uh, maybe it was last year or, or or the year before. Or he was driving a touring car in touring car masters, and he was driving the wheels off this thing. Yeah, and, absolutely. All right, here's a word from one of our major sponsors. Burson Garage is your home for exclusive tips, offers, competitions, and expert advice from the most experienced parts people in the game. The Burson Garage program is designed for individuals who have a serious connection with their car and garage who want expert advice from the most experienced parts people. They're so serious about connecting you with the best parts people, they left out an online shop and developed the call and collect program so you can talk directly to their parts gurus. Sign up today and you'll be in the running to win the ultimate home garage upgrade worth over $7,000. Visit bursongarage.com.au for more info. We're here with John Pillar and Stephen Loder. Owen, take it away, mate. Yeah, firstly, um, Steve, I've got a couple of questions to, to fire at you. You were, after we had all those lunatics on from uh, Podcast 10, they all reckon that your car sounded awesome. It would done one of the best skids. So um, I want to know what sort of, how come that all all came about? Uh, pretty much, if they're talking about the brush notes one, it was, um, yeah, Mick just said to me that uh, obviously I had a throttle cable melt, so I didn't make the finals. So he just asked me if I want to go out there and do a skid and, yeah, obviously no pressure, mate. Just went for it and yeah, just had some fun and it turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. When did you actually first get into burnouts? Uh, first burnout comp i done was Eastern Apps. I don't know what year it was, but I was 18, 37 now. So wow, it was 20-something years ago and pretty much been to anything and everything across the um, across Australia. Uh, it only been the last couple of years where I sort of just hold back a bit and concentrate on my business a bit and was the I remember seeing your black car, the HT, when it was brand new. And um, was that was that your first car? Did you have a car before that? Uh, I had another car, a UC Tirana, that um, I owned with a mate of mine. 
and he used to do drag racing. I used to do the skids, and um, we had that for a few years. And then um, the HT actually was a um, was just a street car with a one eight six in it. And then he sort of parted ways with the car, so we sold the car, and yeah, ended up turning that car into the Burnett car, and it's been like forever now. Yeah. So is that where the whole UC smoke came from? Yeah, that's right. So a mate of mine just said, you know, you've done burnouts in the UC Toronto, so that's where UC smoke came from. So. Yeah, awesome. That's good. And, Johnny, when did um, how did you get into cars? Yeah, well, I've been in them ever since I was a young tacker. Probably really, really got into it probably around about 14 years of age. I was just thinking of a funny story this morning, actually. When I, when I went to primary school, I, um, I went to a Catholic school, right? So they really, really pumped us on, on God and all the rest of it. And we used to have a reader like every night that we used to have to take home and read in, read in front of your parents and this and that. My mum, she was pretty laid back. So I'd say, oh, can you sign me a reader? And, you know, I would, I pretty, very rarely would even read, read any of the books that I took home. She'd just sign it off and remember them at school. But by the time I got to high school, I could hardly read, right? So I was like that kid in class that, would sit there and would, you know, you'd have to read a paragraph each, and I'd go, oh yeah, there's about seven people in front of me, so I'd pre-read the seventh paragraph because I just stumbled my way through it. It wasn't until I discovered Hot Holden magazine, the Street Machine Man, and that was around about that time, early high school, where I just started reading those things, just cover to cover, and I honestly taught myself how to read, reading reading car car books, and then now, you know, I've got a lot bigger than the War of the Library, and I, I read read stuff every day, but you know, it just took that took that passion back then to yeah to to, to learn how to read <laughs> that that's a really interesting story because i've been asked a couple of times on on my background and uh, i can remember sitting in school drawing drawing cars and doing all that sort of stuff rather than listening and same yeah. sort of deal. isn't that funny yeah yeah it's unbelievable unbelievable yeah for, from that um once i learned how to read and then got through school um i got an apprenticeship as an automotive machinist which is basically the engine building trade um that was like 16 years old, and that was in Dandenongs. I had to travel an hour every day um, to and from work, so that was two hours of a round trip. Um, but I, I did my apprenticeship at a, a place called Dandy Rebors, which wasn't like a performance shop, but they were just like a, a really good machine shop back in the day. And I learned how to machine properly. Like they had, you know, they did a lot of vintage stuff. They did a lot of just oddball stuff that no one else would touch, and um, you know, like sleeving inline six-cylinder two-strokes and, you know, making the sleeves from scratch, you know, with the ports and all that in it. And, you know, I was doing that when I was a second-year apprentice, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was that was just a really good place to get a good good grounding on, on how to machine engines. And then from there, there was a local place in Warrigal uh, called Graham Hussey Performance. And, and Graham was like a legend in the sprint car. Um, yeah, yeah I remember. Yep. Yeah, Graham, yeah, he's still going now. He's a... He's just a guru for his day. He used to be right into drag racing, actually. They had a um, <coughs> first rail car that ever ran yeah. fixes, um, you know, back in the back in the day. And then, yeah, so I went and uh, worked for, for Graham and Dave. Um, and, yeah, and that was it until I started up my own shop. Just, just, on, just on apprenticeships. I remember when I started my painting apprenticeship a million years yep. ago, $206 a week. <laughs> yeah. Killer money. <laughs> yeah, I was on, on, on one sixty one. <laughs> that's, that, that's why you got to have the passion, eh? Because it was oh. never about the money. You yeah. would have done about a hundred dollars in fuel getting there and back, wouldn't you? And then about sixty bucks left for a few beers at the tavern or something. <laughs> that's about all it is. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start uh, Powerhouse Engines, Johnny? Uh, so basically fifteen years ago now. So um, yeah, we just we just started off small. Started just renting a, a little factory just around the corner until. Um, we outgrew that and then we bought our own, own premises and yeah now we're out of room in that one we've extended it three times and now looking to buy the one next door so what do you do i mean obviously you're building killer engines for people like steve and that but what else do you do you obviously do other stuff that just build engines yeah yeah okay so um the business is is pretty much sort of three businesses now in one obviously there's the engine side of things um, we're pretty massive into the drive shafts, like the um, tail shaft manufacturing, just making, you know, that, the bit between the, the diff and the yeah. uh, diff and the box. And as well as the diesel um, tuning side of things. So my job day to day these days, um, I've got, you know, five of the best, best guys known to man working for me. Like, I've got a really good, really good team. Um, so I pretty much just um, run the show as well as just run the engine dyno and the chassis dyno now. So 
performance diesel is is really big in this area and it's just big everywhere. You know? like, oh, yeah, it uh, is. It is. It's, I can't believe just in the last few years how it's really taken off and and uh, obviously having, you know, computer controlled diesels, you know, it's, it's similar to like uh, old injection pumps, it's similar to like a um, blown alcohol setup, you know, your old uh, mechanical type fuel injection. And then now, you know, everyone's EFI on race engines yeah. and diesels computer controlled as well. So we've got that real control over over the engine and you can make, you know, big power safely. And uh, it's the same same thing with these LSs in the burnout scene, you know, like as much as I hate listening to them, the, the fact that, you know, a computer controls it, they just last forever and it makes it affordable for, for people to, to compete in the sport where in the old days, like Chris Christo's days, guys used to build like a killer Cleveland like his. They used to go out there, they used to sound, you know, unbelievable, but a lot of the times guys would break them because yeah, absolutely. That, that, that style of engine. So you know, I used to really like that them days. You'd get three oh eights and Cleveland's just revving eight thousand. You know, they wouldn't do it for very long, but man, they sounded good when they were doing it. Oh yeah. Great. <laughs> Better than an LS anyway. On a limited. <laughs> Speaking on that, um, like a lot of people talk about Steve's engine and a couple of other engines that you've built. What do you do different to get them to sound so killer? I think um, probably the, the main difference, there's probably not much difference now between, you know, um, George's engines, Brett's engines, my engines. They, they've all got a similar sort of note to them, but I think we're probably one of the first to get on, on top of the tune-up, you know, early days. I'm talking like Leroy when, you know, he was yeah. blown up. Um, yeah one of the first cars that I would say was really sorted and had that, you know, dominant run winning, you know, most things around. And then and then um, Pete, Pete Ramuzo, obviously, once yeah. we sorted out that unit of his, um, it, they were, those cars were in a left down. And it's just, obviously, I had the engine dyno at the time and I just spent the time on it and just learnt it and, and got the results, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I know you do Steve's and, and Gramuzas and that. What other engines you building? What other guys in the scene? Oh, obviously you got Chris Janter in um, from Hell yep. Commodore, Paul Cook uh, in um, in blown. What's it called blown? What's, it, what's his number plate? Cookies, please. I see. It's blown. Blown BC, blown BC, which is a, a killer car. Um, listen, there was a time there where I think we had you know yeah. plus blown. I remember Ray, that Ross, Ross Easley uh, with all that. Um, Brian Pearson part of the team. Steve Etzel, but you know every, they all wander and you know this and that. Not you know. At the end of the day, there's only so much we can do. You know, I'm, I'm already working like I was in my 20s. I'm starting at 5 o'clock in the morning and knocking off at 7 o'clock at night and, and, and loving it too. There's only so many of that type of engine, you know, I, I really want to do. And guys Correct. like Pete and Paul, you know, they're, they're the customers I've always had you know, really good working relationships with. And I can sort of say to them, you know, this is what we want to do and it just happens and most of the time they get the results. So it's good. Yeah, it's interesting. So when we interviewed George um, last week, he was sort of saying the same thing. You guys are, are really in a stage where now you can pick the right driver that'll do yeah. what they actually listen to you, and then you get the best results out of the car. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's all about, yeah, it's all about, it's just like any like team sport, you know, you can have everything in place, but if the guys aren't, you know, and things aren't right, yeah, you want the results. So, yeah, that's what it's all about, having the whole package. Yeah. So, Steve, um, what was your first summer that's memory? Uh, it was probably a good one. It's probably that time when Frog got jammed and smashed into the barrel. I thought it might have It's a not a good memory. Yeah, not a good one, but I've had no luck. I've been going there for I don't know how many years now, and there's always something at summer that's something broken, blows up. Just, yeah, I've had a good run there. Well, you better get organised because everybody was uh, – was wishing you, mate, to be the next burnout master. If you heard that podcast the other night, they're, they're all they're all cheering for you. <laughs> yeah, I did watch that, and um, everyone says, "Oh, next year's your year." But uh, always keeps having bad luck, but still good to go and have fun, mate. That's all it's about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether you have bad luck. I think you just try so hard. Every time I see you, man, you're just going going <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah, I think it's look. To be honest, it's, it's one that I'd love to win. I don't really care about winning or losing, but you know, it makes them fun. But yeah, um, that's one that I like to just. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself too. So yeah, I take that away. So it's really interesting. I've asked nearly everybody at all the competitors there, what's their favourite event, and some of that never comes up as a favourite event because I think everybody just tries so hard for that. They all feel the pressure. So, uh, so take it easy next year. Be like Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah try it. Man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Can 
can, can I ask you, Steve, when you when you uh, do one of your you know infamous skids, is it? Do you know when it's catching fire, like straight away, and then you go, oh, oh here we go? <laughs> um, not really. You can sort of sometimes you can hear the note change a little bit, or when you turn around, you can feel the heat, and then you think, yeah, now it's all over now. So <laughs> and I've tried different ways of putting stuff, putting it out, and tried different techniques and just stuff because uh, you know, you know, back in the day it was pretty cool and whatever else, but now I'm over it. I just don't want to catch fire. Just want to go yeah. there and just do a burnout and complete one, and that's it. But yeah. Yeah, I think, I I think the crowd. I think the crowd might feel the other way, though. I think they yeah. might. The crowd doesn't so. Well, yeah. you just you just have a look at. There's so many so many photos of, of fires and burnouts on all the on all the socials everywhere. It's mm. interesting, isn't it? Like you remember struggling with the Commodore wagon. He never he never won anything, but he got more photos in Cover a Street Machine and everywhere than nearly any people at all. Yeah, that's right. It's sort of sorry how it works, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> So, so, Steve, um, another, another thing with you, you had the, the the Black HT is such a great vehicle, and then you built that Commodore. Like you're building, you were building cars to another level as well. I obviously had the old car, and I thought, well, we'll build something new, and the BE was sort of the new car at the time. Um, and to drive them, they were just totally different. What worlds apart, the HT doesn't steer or stop. A Commodore, you could turn around and dime, and yeah, there's two totally different cars to drive. So you sold it. <laughs> what are you thinking there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm old school myself. Um, and then obviously with the VF, it was the last Commodore to be built. So I thought I wanted to try and be the first one to build one of them as well and sort of just clone it off the VE, really. It was built Albert. I pretty much built the same. Mm. Just a few little different, different things. Same engine combinations as um, Johnny done the engines, obviously, for those two cars as well, which are Pretty much similar to HT, so but the combo seemed to work. So more than simple. So, so you just got to campaign the the black black holder now, HT. Yeah, I just look running two. You asked Rick or you know um, Justin Brown on that. They'll tell you the same thing. Running two cars, it's at a event. It's one's enough. We're on two, so I'll never say I'll never build another one to run two. But at this stage, it's definitely concentrating on one car. So, Johnny, what's coming up for you? I mean, I you actually had a burnout, you didn't you? Yeah, I've still got the thing in the shed there, but uh, I haven't got no time to work on the thing. But uh, <laughs> I've got that much going on. And, you know, other bits and pieces are just, yeah, it's the last thing on my mind at the moment. I just concentrate on my customers. I'm pretty keen to see Steve get back out there and obviously help him to win some because just one of those things has eluded, eluded him. Um, yeah. So I'd love, to, I'd love to see him up there on, a, on Sunday, Arvo, that's for sure. It yeah. must be it must be difficult for you. I mean, you probably enjoy the whole driving thing, but uh, you guys seem to really got to look after your customers here, especially especially you don't want to go out and beat them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly what George was saying the other day with his car. Like, you know, you go to an event, you you got you know sort this out, do that. You got to check, you know, these things. You know, you got to really be onto everything with them. And yeah, if you're there mucking around with your own car, you, your customers are going to get neglected. You know, so. Um, main thing is you know like steve one thing with steve there's probably not a customer that that i can guarantee will just lay everything on the line like he honestly is the only guy that he's the only guy that you know if the rods come out of it while he's while he's trying to do it he just goes you know is it where most most customers will go into a state of depression you know like oh no the is knackered but steve he just knows that's the deal you know to, to compete at that level and, and put on a show like that you know that's that's how it is, and um, and when you've got a customer that's prepared to, you know, has the book to back that up, you know, it's a it's a pretty good opportunity to to do well. Yeah, that's that is interesting because I've always I remember seeing Steve like the spring nats and all the events, everyone is just hundred percent in it. Always yeah. gives it to it. Yeah. That's it. You know, a, a demo skid for you know for nothing is like trying to win someone else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never seen him. Never seen him. You know. Go go half ass. It's just how he is. <laughs> hey Steve, Steve, how did that come about with you uh, driving Lynchy's car, Lynchy driving your car? How did that how did that all come about? Um, we talked about it different places, and then yeah, obviously cans just went out. Let's just do it, whatever. And um, now I really stuffed up the burnout his car, jumped from uh, drive to neutral a couple of times, then <laughs> broke his snowcraft and. <laughs> Yeah, obviously he done mine, done a pretty good job doing mine, and then yeah, found out after that he lost the auto, so we we agreed to uh, to stick to our own cars because we just wreck each other's car. So. <laughs> oh, 
I like that. <laughs> Especially of all people, they're jumping with Litchie. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, man. So what's coming up, Steve? What's coming up for you? What's happening? Johnny's putting it together at the moment to get back in the car. Um, Great. I've been since last year. I've done brush nets, some nets, and uh, in cans. I've done three comps, so I haven't done too much in the last couple of years. Um, but, yeah, when I go... Uh, that one in Sydney, looking at, as long as we get some parts in time, we'll um, get up there and do a bit of skid and just concentrate on doing a few of the shows. Just I've been doing a bit of speedway lately, so just want to get back into doing a bit of that. I'm loving the sprint car, but um, yeah, also yeah. some too. I was going to comment on that. I saw you got a sprint car. What's what's that all about? Just something different, mate. Look, I've been doing burnouts for that long now, and I've been to so many different events. It was, and my whole life's been around it, and I love it. I don't regret any of it, but um, just getting into the uh, sprint car. Just a bit more, I don't know, more track time and value for money, I suppose, you'd call it. But, yeah, I definitely miss the burnouts and, you know, going in and hang around all the boys and have a good time, so. You mainly run at Avalon in the sprint car? Yeah, I mainly just um, got into 360 class. So, um, you do Avalon and I own the 360 class in Victoria, a little bit of travelling. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll say, probably going, obviously, with the COVID stuff now, we'll, we'll stick with that next season and then maybe step up to the 410 or something. You enjoying that? Yeah, it's it's just the adrenaline. And uh, well, the first time I drove, I just can believe how – I can't even explain how fast and, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Best adrenaline I've ever had in my whole life. you got, got – it's unreal. And, like, it's so close. Wheel-to-wheel racer there in the dirt, just sliding. It's just pretty mad, isn't it? Yeah, just – Fast pace, there's no one right next to you. you know, Any time it's you're tipping over your defence, it's just and just you're on dirt and you're gripping to that dirt and just yeah, it's out of control. I, I can't even explain now. Adrenaline makes you get from it. So. And they sound so good. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Yeah, that's just that's something I've always wanted to do. I've always always wanted to race or drive a spring car, and yeah, I just sort of talked about it and I don't know, just just done it really and. So what else are you doing? Your your um, towing business is going pretty good as well at the moment. Yeah, so um, I've obviously got towing business I've had for a long time, and we're starting to push out at the moment. And yeah, we've been we've quietened down there for a couple of weeks with the COVID, but um, apart from that, we've been busy. We're busy as we've ever been. So yeah, it's going really good at the moment. What about you, yeah. Johnny? What do you got coming up? Well, as far as the burnout comps, I think yeah, probably uh, brushinets. Summer Nats, Red Center Nats are probably my three favourite shows. Um, obviously, me and Steve, we run Motorfest at Lardner Park there, so not as though I'd, I'd probably want to be a competitor at my own show, but, you know, we're going to put a, obviously a fair bit of work into, you know, promote that for, for next year. Um, and, yeah, just keep uh, keep practising guitar, keep building engines, and, and that's about it. <laughs> and try and spend some time with me, missus and kids. <laughs> which, one's, which one's more frustrating to get better at, guitar or engines? <laughs> They're both just as much of a challenge. To the, <laughs> the only advantage I've got with engines, I've been doing it for so long, with guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, guys, look, I really I really thank you for your time and um, look forward to seeing you out, out and about, hey, when we can all get out again, a few events. Yeah, and I can't wait. Good on you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Tonight we have Australian motoring legend John Bow. How did you get into cars? How did I get into cars or car- yeah. into motor racing? Yeah, oh, cars first. Yeah, like cars, cars in okay. general. Well, my dad, you know, was a car. First of all, he was a mechanic. Uh, he was a kind of a weekend tuner. This is back in the late 50s, you know, when I, when I was a little tiny kid. So, um he used to have of a weekend always, uh, you know, MGs, Austin Healy's, you know, things that had multiple carburetors and all that stuff. He yep. would, he'd have them in the garage or up the driveway. They'd come down from Launceston or the west coast of Tassie, or some of them come up from Hobart even. And then he became a, a Holden salesman. Oh right. So I just grew up with cars. You know, we were car a car family and then in about the early 60s he bought his first racing car which was a little mg special thing with a supercharger on it which a lot of those things you know homemade things back in those days yep so you know it just happened it did because there was no planning involved it just just happened so in i just uh, i've become a car Lunatic, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is so normal. Just I ask that to nearly everybody in the podcast, just to get in the background, and it's nearly always from their dad, 
hanging around the garage with their dad and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm guessing you raced early um, down in Tassie, did you, with, with your dad? Uh, well, my dad raced from, you know, when I can basically remember. He, he, we always had a race car in the garage. Uh, he let me drive his uh, the first factory kind of proper. He had home-made things, you know, home-built specials and yeah. things, and, yeah. and the first proper racing car he had was an Elfin, a thing called a Catalina, so it was early 60s. It was second-hand. He bought it off Brian Sampson from Motor Improvements, who, you know, was a very well-known, quite, quite famous driver. Um, yep. He bought it off him, and he let me drive it when I was 11, before I went to high school, but I drove it, you know, carefully. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> Well, I didn't drive it carefully enough for him because he'd give me a bollocking afterwards. But anyway, he, uh, and then, you know, when I got to be, you know, 15 or so, I don't know how it happened, but we, I mean, I do know how it happened, but it's sort of a funny tale and I'm not sure it should be told on. <laughs> where, where people can actually hear it. <laughs> general general media is sort of something you use. I usually tell people in a little enclosed room or something. Anyway, the long and the short of it is that I ended up with uh, an Elfin Formula V that my dad and I went halves in. So it cost us $800 each. And that's when I started. I started racing when I was 15, nearly 16. Yeah. yeah and, so. And Tassie. In Tassie, yeah. I raced in Tassie for a long time. At Baskerville or where? What? Or, my, or, my, my first race meeting was at Baskerville. Yeah, uh, we'd had a. I'd had a practice day at Simmons Plains. I did my first meeting at Baskerville. Formula V still is too a, a good category to learn in. You know about racecraft and slipstreaming and all that. And in those days, it was relatively new to Australia. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it nearly was, nearly all the really good drivers that I'm aware of have come through yeah. Formula V, haven't they? Yeah, a lot but of them back did. In the day. Certainly, yeah. certainly my era anyway. Yeah. A lot of them did. You know. Uh, Larry Perkins and yeah. you know John Smith and guys like that. A lot of those guys did Formula V early on. Even Bargs did Formula V. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it was good. You know, really good grounding to be honest. But I went to my first race meeting at Basketball. We towed the the V down with my dad had an HG two fifty three U three on the column. You know, yeah. We yeah, thought like this was the ultimate tow car. <laughs> It was yeah. like an aqua-coloured thing, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. Oh, great tow car, though. And uh, so then we, I, I remember driving into the circuit. This is very early. We left home early in the morning, like 4 o'clock in Devonport, to get there. And uh, driving into the track in the morning on Saturday morning, ready for practice, and I felt nauseous in the stomach. I thought I was going to throw up. This was my first race. But I'd been going to a racetrack all my life, but I was yeah, your never first racing. Time. Yeah, yeah, and I was—I felt like I was going to chuck. It was <laughs> terrible. And I qualified. And how'd you go? Yeah, how'd you go? Well, I qualified fourth on the grid. I thought, oh, geez, how good am I? <laughs> and I ran out of talent on the first lap. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, there's, a, there's a downhill off camber, quite fast. It was top gear in a Formula B uh, corner at Baskerville called Calvin's, and I just ran out of talent. I ended up about 100 metres out in the paddock amongst all the thistles and everything. So it wasn't a very good debut, but, you know, yeah. I got better. I got better. And, and the first I remember you was, I think it was, a, it was would have been in Melbourne, and I think you were in a, was it the Gold Star Series? Did you come Yeah, yeah, I was that? in the Gold Star Series, yeah. yeah. So is that when you first came to Australia? Uh, to Australia, to, to Victoria to race? Us uh, Tassie people call it the mainland. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and we... The first time I came to the mainland was uh, in 1978. Gary, by then we'd formed quite a, a relationship with Gary Cooper, who was the late Gary Cooper, who was Elfin Cars. Yep. And um, he gave me an opportunity to race on the mainland. So he, he let me mm-hmm. drive Formula 5000 That's at right. Oran Park yeah, in the Gold Star Race in 78. And that was like I'd, I'd had a little 130-horsepower Formula 3 car. So I went from that to a 500-horsepower Formula 5000. I, every time they started it up, the hair would stand up on the back of my neck. But I, yeah. I, I actually went okay. I uh, yeah, 
I'll give a plug to the guy that's the custodian of Elfin, the name Elfin now. There's a bloke called Bill Hemming who's got a collection of Elfin race cars. He's got a little heritage centre down not far from me at Moorabbin. Yeah, right. And uh, he's just uh, put a book out about Elfin's, a fantastic book, him and, uh, and a, a, a writer uh, called David Dowsey. So they've just yep. done this this beautiful big coffee table book with every detail about every Elfin car ever made almost. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And anyway, I came forth in that first, my first mainland race in the Gold Star. So that was against, you know. Frank Maddich, I'm guessing. No, no, Frank that? wasn't there then. He was, I yeah. don't know what happened to Frank. I think he'd gone by then. Um, yeah, okay. It was against John McCormack. Yeah. Uh, Graham McRae. Gary Cooper, John Walker from Adelaide, yep. who was a very front-running guy. You know, so it was against some pretty... Yeah, good, good guys. Pretty, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I, I've said a lot of times, without Gary Cooper, I'd still have been in Tassie, you know. Like, he gave me... He obviously saw something in me that yeah. arguably I had or didn't have, you know. So, so uh, he, yeah, it was good. Uh, arguably, I, I see you as so many... Uh, so many types of different race vehicles. Like, um... What do you actually like? Which ones do you do you prefer? Open wheel, touring cars? What do you actually like? Uh, well, I used to really like open wheelers because I grew up in that. Yeah. Know? I was bought, bought up, my brothers and I, to think that touring cars were taxis, you know, they were, yeah. they were not serious. Yeah. Uh, but later on, obviously, I drove lots of touring cars and I drive in Touring Car Masters now, which is old hustle cars. Yeah. And I right. loved them. But, yeah. at, you know, as a youngster, I just loved open wheelers and I raced open wheelers until I was, you know, 30 years old, I guess. So, yeah. I, and I still love open wheelers. I, I still, even as recently ago as February, I drove at Phillip Island Historics, which is the biggest meeting of the year. Yep. I drove an ex-Jack Brabham, Brabham with a Repco V8 in it. Wow. It was built in 1968 for Jack to run in the 69 Tasman series. Yeah. So I raced that. So I won a yeah. race, came second a couple of times. Yeah, it was... That's something else, hey? That's something else to drive that car like that. Is that's oh, real straight history, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Awesome. And I've driven uh, a few. You know, I do, I do drive other cars other than touring car masters if I can. I usually my prerequisite is I say to the people if they ask me that it's not going to kill me because I figured having survived this long in motorsport, I wouldn't want to, you know, get killed in some old <laughs> bloody race car, you know. That's some old piece so, of car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My and friend Joe Kalija had a, yeah. uh, he had a Formula One march from the 70s and I yeah, raced that on. for several years yeah. and it was beautiful. I loved it. I, I love open wheels, but, you know, you got to be sensible. The new category, you know, the S5000, that yep. you're aware of all that. Yeah, well, that's like the best thing to happen, open wheel racing in Australia for 30 years. But I'm not stupid enough to think that I'm 30 years old still. So I do know how. 32. I do know how old I am. I do know how many laps I've done. So when you when did you actually? I mean, most people probably listen to this. They're younger than us, mate, and they'll they'll really, really? remember. You. Yeah, they'll remember you with with Dick, obviously. Dick Johnson. Yeah. Was that your first real foray into? No, no. Cars? I started uh, my first touring car race was Bathurst in 85. Robbie Francovic and Mark Petch came over with their Volvo from New yep. Zealand. And I think, uh, you know, they were trying to get a factory driver and I don't think they could get one. Uh, and I ended up in it by meeting, by knowing them, you know, and I yeah. I hassled them a bit about the drive and I ended up in the, in the car with Robbie as a co-driver. We didn't finish. The car broke. Um, and so the next year, Volvo dealers and Volvo, the company, uh, formed a, a proper team. It was called Volvo Dealer Team. Yep. And they got uh, John Shepard, who was ex Marlborough Holden yep. Dealer Team. Yeah. Yep. They got him to run the team, and, and him and Mark Pitch were involved in the management side of it, and they asked me to be the second driver. So for the third round of uh, the Australian Touring Car Championship, as it was then, I, I had a car. They got another car from Sweden, yep. Yep. so I had a I had a car. So I, it was Adelaide Raceway, you know the A yep. A I R. Yep. Yeah. So I qualified on the front row of my first touring car race, and then the next weekend I qualified on pole. 
So I made an impact. Now, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. <laughs> that was obviously good because you went on to a pretty, a pretty fantastic career, obviously, with, with Dick after that. Yeah, well, then I, the next year, see, Volvo pulled out yep. um, at the end of that year. And, uh, and then so I, there wasn't any regular drives around. So I agreed to be Glenn Seaton's co-driver at Nissan, where it was sponsored by Peter Jackson. So I did three or four races, including one in New Zealand with, um, with Glenn. And then the next year, Dick called me and asked me, you know, would I be interested? Of course I'd be interested. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because yeah. this touring car business, this is, I think, funny. I started to get paid and I couldn't believe that someone <laughs> would actually pay you to drive a racing car. So, <laughs> so I go, geez, how long has this been going on? <laughs> so I couldn't wait to get back in it. So how long did you – you drove for Dick for many years. How, how many 11, years? 11, 11 years. 11 years, and yeah. How- and how many Bathurst? We, we won twice. Won twice, yeah. Won twice, but we came second uh, uh, four, five times, something. So we, we, we were mostly, in, you know, there or thereabouts. We were amongst it. Yeah, always. That's right. Um, Was that in, in the Falcon or the Sierra or one in each? Sierra, we won one in the Sierra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We came second in the Sierra three times, I think. Yeah. And we won in the Falcon as well, and we came second in the Falcon twice, I think, something like that anyway. A lot of, I've, I've been to Bathurst. I'm not sure. I, I was talking the other day about it to somebody. I'm not sure whether I'll even go this year because it's the first time in 35 years that I won't go if I don't go. Wow. Of, of the Bathurst 1000. I mean, I haven't raced in the Bathurst 1000 since 2007, but I've raced yeah. in 12 hour. And 12 hour, yeah, exactly. Touring Car Masters and all that stuff. So, yeah, well. and I our category wasn't invited to compete. We're competing at Bathurst later in the year. Later in the year, yeah, that's right. So, you know, I'm not even sure I'll go because it's expensive to book accommodation and all that stuff. So when yeah. you're unemployed like me at the moment, it's, you've got to be <laughs> mindful of stuff like that. But you're still close with Dick and you, you've got yeah. a, a long-lasting relationship, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I left Dick because there was two reasons. One is that I was offered by a guy in Western Australia who started yep. a team sponsored by Caterpillar, which yep. is, you know, an iconic brand in the world 100%. of brands. Um, he offered me a really good deal, money-wise, at the time. And Stevie J was just coming along and I thought, oh, this will create an opportunity for Steve. I've always been very uh, mindful of his abilities. He's a fantastic driver, like really way better than people realise he is. Um so I left, but then Dick got the horrors with me for a while after that. But anyway, we, only for yeah. a year or two, only for yeah. a year or two. And now I, we're friends. We, we're good friends. I mean, I ran my Mustang Sally for Stevie for a while once I moved yeah. to Atrana, and now he's, you know, he's won three championships on the trot. So yeah, yeah. Just, yeah so. I was going to touch on something you said there. Um, you were actually, I think you've mentored quite a few drivers from Cam McConville and Stevie J, and that's a... Uh, you actually obviously like that side of the whole the whole. Industry. Well, I like to help people because I've always been, I don't want to make myself out to be a saint. I'm as self-centred as any other racing driver. But, <laughs> You're but, no saint. <laughs> no, 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 I'm definitely no saint. Uh, but, you know, it's sometimes you need help, you know, unless you've got a really wealthy dad, which not a lot of people have got, mm. who's prepared to spend a lot of money on your learning. It's quite nice to help people, you know, uh, as young guys. I still help young guys if they, if they ask me to, you know, a bit yeah. of advice and a bit of – nowadays you can't necessarily be as effective as a, as a driver coach because there's all this data stuff now that the car collects and, you, and generally they have a sort of a, a data person and maybe yep. an engineer. They call them an engineer. They may not be an engineer, but they know how to decipher the data and they teach the drivers things, young drivers particularly, yeah. how to how yeah. to you know drive the car. Mm. Whereas before data, you know, you can teach someone how to drive the car by showing them and sitting with them and all that stuff. But you can also teach them how to you know behave and how to treat people and how to interact with people, how to yep. get a team behind you and things like that. So that's important. You know, you can yeah. Yeah. you can be the world's best driver, but if you haven't got the best people around you, you don't win much. No, that, that's for sure. Yeah. Mate, um, the other thing um, 
I want to talk to you about summer nats. When was your first yeah. summer nats? I know you've been coming for many years. So I, have, a, I think 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. I think wow. 15 years ago, yeah. I know it's been there for a lot longer than, than me, but yeah, the first, uh, since my involvement with Rare Spares, so I've been, I think, 15 years with Rare Spares as an ambassador for their product. And, you know, they make some amazing things. And yeah. every, I go out there quite regularly and there's always new stuff. Always. It's incredible. I can't believe how many things they make. Like the most bizarre little things that you would never think anyone would even know existed, yeah. they make for, yeah, for restorations, particularly on Holden's. I mean, there's a lot of forward stuff as well, but yeah. but on Holden's, they make these little clips and little O-rings and, oh, man, it's unbelievable. So I've, I've used many of them, mate. They, I know you have. I know you have. Yeah. It's good. It's incredible, isn't it, though? And, and I've talked to you, yeah, Summonax is such a big event in Australian motoring as well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, the biggest, the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's I, I love it. I, you know, I have a great time because I love the people. Yeah. You know, I, I be on the rare, rare stand and... I, we have some posters to give away, and I, you know, we have, uh, but I, I get to talk to families that are that love cars, you know, yeah. so they all love cars. Anyone who goes to Summer Nats loves cars, uh, loves cars, and families come and they have kids, and you see them over a period of time, you know, they they start off as little kids, and you know, some quite often they they're grown up or half grown up anyway, and yeah. you know, they they're yeah. into cars, and now that I'm a, I've been racing a Tirana A9X in the Touring Car Masters yep. for. For a few years now, and there's a lot of Toronto lovers out there, and Very I still so. get I still get debate about you know you used to be a Ford man, so <laughs> you know, it's really it's quite fun. You know, I, I actually really enjoy it. I hope it's going to happen next year with all this crap yeah. going on. Oh, I think so. We're we're definitely planning for it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, another thing which uh, I want to touch on, which you're very uh, serious about. Is the whole mental health, the uh, men's health thing? So mm. you're doing a lot, lot with that in that space at the moment. Well, aren't you? I'm in it a bit of myself, you know. <laughs> you, you, <for> this, <laughs> this pandemic and to see yeah. things happening to not only myself but other people, you know. Yeah. Like just imagine if you work for Qantas, like yeah. six thousand jobs, you know. I mean, it's just terrible, and and it can lead quite often to depression. I mean, uh, mental illness which is what mm. depression is. Um, yes. I, I went through it. I think looking back over my life, I was probably predisposed to it a bit, but but I went through a very bad stage of it when I retired from supercars, which was at the end yep. of 2007. So during that yep. year, you know, knowing I was going to stop racing, not knowing if I could race again. I lo- actually love racing. I don't just do it because yeah, you know, I, I didn't do it because it was paid. It was just that was a bonus. But, um, I, you know, I, I got into this deep, deep, depression that really I, I was on the brink of, you know, in my life, which people do. So mm-hmm. I try and help a bit if I can, that's all. Yeah, that's I know. I've, I've seen you at a lot of events and doing a lot of things, so that's a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. No, good thing people, to do. Yeah. People sometimes reach out to me because I didn't make any secret of it. I made, you know, I was quite public about it. And people quite often now with social media, with Facebook and all that stuff, you know, every, people yeah. can get hold of you easily. So yeah. So I just try and do a bit. I'm not trying to make myself out as a saint, as I said. But you know, I can I can guarantee you, mate, you're no saint. <laughs> I, got, I haven't got a halo, although you can probably just see a glow of it. Oh, no, no, that's uh, all good. It's uh, it is it's a terrible thing. This it's everywhere in today's society. There's lots is, of pressure on people it? in many ways, and this latest exercise is even worse. You know, so mm. there's a lot of it going on. Mm. So if I can help someone, I do. Mate, the other thing I wanted to uh, touch on when back on racing was I was just thinking when you were talking about how many cars I remember you racing from Ferraris to the Bentley, <laughs> the Bentley yeah. Bentley had it and all yeah, those yeah. things. So I, I bet you like that uh, 12 hour in the Ferrari. That must have been a great car. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was great. We, that particular year we won, it was good. Obviously, it's good to win because it's, you win, but... It was a good little crew of people, you know, Marinello Motorsport. Um, uh, Peter Edwards owned the car and drove the car. He's a great bloke. Yeah, um, I like him. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, the crew of people, uh, Lounsey was was an invited driver and I'd raced against him for years, of course. I told him I made, made his 
reputation went out and I let him pass me a Bathurst. Although that's right, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually let him pass me. He passed me, but <laughs> I tried to solve him pass me. Um, anyway, uh, and Mika Salo from uh, who's from Denmark, I think. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, great guy. And we just had a lot of fun during that year. It was just you know. Craig's a bit of a lad, you know, and we just had fun. So it was really, really good, really good. And the crew chief at the time was Joey Sasso, who is no longer with Marinello, but a good bloke. I'd done a lot of racing with him in GTs and stuff. Uh, we had some Triple Eight people there. That's right, yeah. Jeremy Moore, who subsequently, he was Craig's race engineer, and he went to Porsche and did some, you know, World Championship Sports car stuff with Mark Webber. He's now back at Triple Eight. Clever, clever bloke. Mm. He started his racing life with me at, at Caterpillar. So, right. and he's yeah. just so smart and so clever. And he made, he actually won the race for us to be honest in strategies and stuff. But at the end of the day, we were up on the podium. So <laughs> we yeah. took the glory. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mate, and, and you've had so many achievements. Do you actually have a favourite of? It was a Bathurst win or just something that you've done that you really stands out to you? I know there's, uh, there's yeah, many I've things. In, yeah. in hindsight, in hindsight, uh, I um, uh, the Bathurst wins. I mean, uh, Dick, Dick and I won it twice together. Uh, Brad Jones, when I drove for him, uh, we were on the podium together. He's, he's my friend. He's still yeah. my friend even though he doesn't. He didn't ring me back the other day, so I'm <laughs> I'm dirty on him for that. Uh, and then we uh, we won the twelve hour race. I won the twelve hour race with Dick uh, back in the day, and and then I won with Paul Morris and Gary Holt in when it was production cars. Yep. And then we won the twelve hour race with with uh, as we just talked about the Ferrari, yeah, with, with Marinello and Pete. So. Like to win, I've won races at a lot of places, I guess, without sounding like a big timer. But oh. to win races at that track is just the best because it's that track. You know, yeah. it's just the it's the fantastic circuit. If, if the car's working with you, if you've got it in its window, and you know, it's just an awesome place to drive. If the car's not in the window and it's trying to kill you, it's not that good. But <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you spend your whole life, the whole day with white knuckles. Yeah. Isn't that interesting what you said there? Because we're at the 12-hour in particular, you talk to the overseas teams and nearly all of them to a T, it's all they've ever wanted to do is race at Bathurst. It's, race it's at Bathurst, su- yes. Yeah. It's such yeah, a big absolutely. thing, isn't it? Yeah. We had, uh, back in Dick's time with me, uh, we had a few guys from overseas came out in the second car. Uh, from England and later on uh, a guy from America, Tommy Kendall, who was a Trans Am champion. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. None of them really got on top of the place. No. Nah. But the GT nah. boys do because now there's such a thing as, as data now. Yes. And the simulators. Simulators, and so they, yeah. And they yes. all get on simulators. I mean, yeah. our friend Bruce Morrison, you know, has got a simulator and he goes fast around Bathurst in a Porsche GT 3R or something yep. than I ever went in the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. So the simulators are pretty serious, you know, yeah. and so you can do that, come out here and be at home, whereas when I first went there, it was in 1985, and I thought, my God, what have I got myself into, you know? Wow. No, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. that was before there were gravel traps and yeah. fence everywhere. You know, you could go through a barbed wire fence or eat a yeah. tree very easily. Yeah. So things well, have changed. They have. So, mate, um, what's the future hold for JB? What's coming up? Well, I mean, you can't predict the future, can you? But um, I want to keep racing, so I love racing. So anybody that's watching this, I'm looking for sponsorship. <laughs> of course. Of course I am. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's a never-ending search, uh, but I'm very grateful for the people that support me. I mean, there's a reason I've got all this stuff on, you know. That's like right. It's actually not cold here. It's hot, but I put yeah. this on because it's got signage on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, we've got the Tourniqua Masters is now in the hands of Australian Racing Group. So it's changed hands. Yep. Australian Racing Group now have four categories they're responsible for. TCR, which is World Touring Cars, two-litre turbo Front drive cars, cars like people drive. It's a really yep. good category, not stupidly expensive. 
Yeah. S5000, which is a new Formula 5000. Yeah. Which uh, is a really good, great category. It's going to bring fans back to open wheel racing, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, Trans M2, which is like a silhouette category with um, Camaros, Mustangs and Dodge something or others, Challenges or something, but it's a spec chassis with body shells, you know, on it. Yeah. And then Touring Car Masters. So they've got four categories and they, they're going to run four, four meetings between August 15, 16 or 17 and the end of the year. So that'll be our season. So we've done one round at Adelaide Street Circuit and then we'll have four more. So our season will be five rounds. We do four races per round. Though. So mm. we, do, we do the first race is a you know, reverse grid thing, which is challenging to say the least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time you get I, – I actually really love it, but only, you know, I love it when it's finished. Yes, yeah, exactly. When you're in it, because it's <laughs> wow, you know, like action packed. <laughs> exactly. It's like going on one of those scary rides at Dreamworld. You know? <laughs> when you finish, you go, wow, that wasn't that good. Uh, and then we've got a a race at uh, Sandown, or race meeting at Sandown, and then we've got one at the Bend in South Australia, which we've never yep. been to. Touring Go Masters have never been there. It's a great, great. facility, great track. Be interesting because our cars are, you know, they, they the uh, stipulation now is they can't be newer than 1980. So we've now got XD Falcons and Commodores, but as yep. well as the Mustangs, Camaros, Dramas, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, so they'll be interesting because the straight at the bend is really long and they haven't got the world's best brakes, I've got to say. So <laughs> I can imagine there's going to be a bit of carrying on there. And then we've got the, the International Bathurst meeting, which is in November. That'll be great. That, that's going to have the production six-hour race, which was postponed from Easter, which I'm going to drive in as well. Yeah, right. And I'm going to drive the Touring Car Masters as well. So I... Uh, you got yeah, plenty I, coming up. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I've gone, you know half mad or I should qualify that I've gone mad <laughs> since this whole thing happened. But, yeah. you know, mostly I spend my life scheming and dreaming how to make my car go faster or how to pay the bills. Yeah, there you go. And I haven't been able to do any of that. <laughs> no, I was going to say that never happened. So. <laughs> so that's the trouble. But I love yeah, racing. I'd like to, I've said many times I've, I'd love to race until I'm 80, but obviously you can't race in a, I'll just get a slower car. If I can't go fast, well, I'll get a slower car. There you go. And come back to Summonats. I'll be back at Summonats. Don't you worry, mate. I'll Beautiful. Be, I'll be there with bells on. All right. If, All right, if mate. you're going to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be right. I All can't right, do the um, Motorex. I wanted to come to Motorex because I love that. It's a great event. event. It's terrific, yeah. And I love looking at cars, and that's what you get to do, you know. You yeah. see some of the artistry. I know you're very close to it, but, yeah. you know, motor racing is a different sort of world to, you know, cars that are put together to be yeah. creative. It's different. Yeah. And, yeah, it and I, different. I see things there, and I think, man, that is so smart, so clever, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it clashes with something. I don't know what it clashes with, but it clashes with something. I can't remember what. It might be one of my friend Joe's yeah. race meetings or something and I've committed to go and help him. I'm sort of his – I'm mentoring him and he's the same age as me. <laughs> well, that's really good. <laughs> good. All right, mate. Look, I thank you for your time. It was really great to have a catch-up and, yeah. Good on you, mate. No, it's great to see you and I, and I hope that uh, I'll see you soon. I don't know where. I might yeah. see you to Bathurst or – our good. Eastern Creek meeting is in August, so so you they might be able to have people there, so you might be able to come there. Awesome. See you, See mate. You, mate. See you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure, mate. Cheers. We are here with Andrew Broadley, the new editor of Street Machine. Mate, you've been in the gig for about a month now. How's it all going well? Yeah, really well, mate. We're super busy. Um, obviously, this whole coronavirus thing's presented a couple of challenges in terms of the logistics of getting the mag together getting out there and um, getting cars shot and that sort of stuff. And there hasn't been a lot on the table in terms of event coverage and that sort of stuff for us to get around. But um, we're coming out the other side of that now by the looks of things, which is Yeah, absolutely, news. absolutely. Definitely looking. There's a few events on the calendar on the on the, uh, on the the horizon at the moment. So definitely excited by them. So obviously you'd be well into it, into the next issue by now, into your, your second one. 
Third, actually, yeah. Well, okay, wow. Fourth, but at the moment, this guy's on sale for about another couple of weeks. That's our July issue, um, which is a, a really sort of jam-packed mag. Um, plenty of great stuff in there. My personal favourite feature car out of here is uh, Don Lucci's VK, which um, Webby, you'll yeah. don't remember from Summonats. It was a stunner down there. It was unveiled. Absolutely, that was a great car, and he's a great guy. If he, uh, they put that together in about. And like under 12 months, that whole cast. Incredible thing that he built the drag challenge and the thing ended up. That's right. Winning grand champion. It was, you know, well within the chase and, and, and in the top 20 in the elite hall. Just an incredible car. A real sort of um, uh, jack of all trades, if you will. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting comment because what's been happening, the burnout cars have been getting so good and now we're getting the drag challenge cars. <laughs> They're building them. They're even coming up to be elite level. So how good's that? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, really looking forward to, to seeing that thing hit the track at Drag Challenge when um, when that gets up, which, you know, all going well will be later this year, you know, COVID situation notwithstanding. I was going yeah. to ask you about that. So you're doing the, uh, what, what tracks are you doing this year? Uh, I don't know that it's 100% locked in yet. Um, it's more Telfone and Scotty um, looking after the Drag Challenge side of things, but I know the wheels are certainly turning and there's conversations happening around that. So... Um, really hoping that happens and this latest little sort of turn of events turn of events I should say in Victoria hopefully won't knock that around yeah yeah I've been to the first day of the last two and I tell you what it, it just that just being there on the first day of, of the last two has just been awesome like it's such good camaraderie at that event and everybody's sort of in to help each other you can see in the pits they're all running around giving each other parts and then but then everybody packs up so fast too and gets they got to get going you know to the next the next event yeah, it's, it's a fantastic event and it's there's, there's a lot of repeat business. You know, if, if someone comes and has a crack at one of them, chances are they're, they're back the next year. It's it's something that, um, you know, the bug bites pretty hard with Dre Challenge, that's for sure. I was with I was with a guy through the week. I was calling on him for work and I was looking at a picture of his ute and he's, he's going, oh, yeah, I run, what do you say, oh, I run a, a nine in it last time, but uh, I'm looking for sevens. I'm spending uh, 2,000 horsepower motor just for Dre Challenge. So. Man, it, it, the bug has bitten, hasn't it? Yeah, people are screwing together purpose-built cars for, for Drag Challenge now, which is fantastic to see. And, um, you know, we, we, we generally do the one big event in the southern states each year and uh, Drag Challenge weekend, which uh, has been up in Queensland a couple of times. We had plans afoot to do it this April um, based out of Sydney Dragway, which would have been awesome. Um, unfortunately, coronavirus sort of put paid to that. But um, certainly as, as soon as it's possible um, given the restrictions and, and the sort of safety and OHS concerns around coronavirus. We're uh, keen, we're, we're bored gate to get Drag Challenge happening again, that's for sure. And um, speaking of Sydney Dragway, really excited to get along to uh, the Burnout Masters event, which is coming up there soon. There'll be some nice fresh event content for us, which is something we haven't had a lot of in recent times. So we're really pumped about that. Yeah, event. the hype for that's at a hun- level 100, that's for sure. It's one of the most talked about events on everybody's sort of lips at the moment. I know a few of the guys that are entered and stuff and they are super keen to get there and smash tyres off the rims. That's no doubt about it. Bit of, bit of a feast at the end of the famine, I guess. Um, people haven't had a lot of opportunity to, to get their cars out and have some fun and, and catch up. Um, so, yeah, it'll be great. Really looking forward yeah, to Yeah, so but in amongst all everyone else getting their cars ready, how's your car going, mate? You've been had any time to turn a few spanners or anything? Uh, mate, it's down at MPW at the moment, getting some upgrades. We're um, we've upgraded the fuel system, throwing a bit more Haltech gear at it, um, hoping to get it into the tens on that factory kind of uh, unopened wrecker injected five liter, if you will. Which would be great, but um, unfortunately, I, I, I just heard uh, yesterday that the, the borders been closed between New South Wales and Victoria. So who knows when I'll see the bloody thing again. But um, guys, Adam and the, the lads down at MPW are, are doing a fantastic job on it. Um, making progress and and really keen uh, all going well i'd love to have a crack at jack drag challenge in it just need to kind of weigh up my um my work duties but uh yeah, yeah i've really certainly good. got my hand up mate to see a uh, saucy little harrop there on a wrecker motor try and go <laughs> tense that's for sure fine you need to get one of those vls together events and come and have a crack yeah, look, look i've exactly. been talking about it the last couple of days actually with a uh a mate of mine about pulling the motor out soon and getting it rebuilt probably 355 or something like that, and then um, uh, look at the, the body sandblasted and done up and and uh, get a few sexy bits from Chubby. You can, uh, you know, get, <laughs> we can, 
we can put a few bits on there and get it looking good. Yeah. So hopefully soon, mate. We'll see. Good. I'm going to hold yeah, you. Yeah, well, I haven't really talked about it much, Nick, because I don't want anyone to give me stick trying to get it finished. So. Yeah, well, you've got it now, mate. Everybody's heard it. It's out in the universe. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. So in terms of like events later on, Broads, I guess um, it's just wait and see and, and, and stuff like that, I guess. We're heading it up now, mate. There's feature cars coming out of the woodwork everywhere and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, mate. Like I said, it's kind of it's it's challenging and, and to a degree frustrating at the moment because it's hard for us to to physically get out and get photographers along yeah. to shoot cars. And um, we need to be really mindful of, you know, the social distancing and all that sort of stuff, just like any other business. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, in terms of events, it's it's really exciting um, to see things like this upcoming Burnout Masters event at Sydney Dragway happening. Red Senanats is going to be awesome. So much hype around that event. As I understand, um, pre-sales for that uh, through the roof, which is really exciting. I can only imagine that that's kind of tied to the fact, uh, like I I said before, you know, everyone's hasn't really had an opportunity to to blow the dust off their their toys and get out and have some fun. And what better event to do that than Red Senanats? There's just so many different opportunities to enjoy your car in in awesome different ways. It's just something about that event, you know, crazy, blown injected, methanol gases cruising on the street. It's just, how do you, how does that not Yeah, all those guys that chatted in our Red Sun and that special uh, the other week. Great. They're super passionate guys. I mean, you know, from, from we had everyone from winners to the to the minister of, you know, the, the yeah, whole. Chief minister, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And no doubt the, the events from a content point of view, Broads, are breeding grounds for feature cars and content and stuff like that. So everybody's Absolutely. so excited. Yeah. You know, we, we get along to an event like that and um, and there are just so many stories to tell, you know, <laughs> so many amazing people with amazing cars. Um, and, and, yeah, definitely it's a great opportunity for us to source feature cars or have a chat to people um, around, you know, segments of the mag like Iron Maiden and people like us. And yeah. it's, it's great fodder for us to, to get out and meet people and have a chin wag and, and create some content for the mag as well as great digital content as well. You know, we built um, a car specifically for Red Santa Nats, um, our first Carnage project car, uh, the MX 5.7, which initially was a turbocharged uh, LS, which ran into the nines out there at Alice Springs Inland Dragway at, at Red Santa Nats early on in the piece. And it now has power in it. And whether or not we'll have any toys out at um, Red Santa Nats, I'm not 100% sure at this point, but certainly we'll be there in some capacity. And, and yeah, really excited to get back out into the world again, do race car things with our race car friends. Nothing broad while you're talking there. I was just thinking, and I haven't sort of really told many people, but I, I guess it'll be out there now. I've got 35 cars, new cars on an unveil list which will cover motor eggs and summer nets that so can you believe that and and seriously they're all pretty good cars so you're going to have some content man coming up that's for sure bring it on Webby yeah. <laughs> credit to all you guys at Street Machine mate keeping keeping the, the, the pages full in these hard times no doubt you know um, they're getting a bit easier now so no doubt it's going to go from strength to strength mate yeah, for sure, mate. We're, we're really blessed. We've, we've got an incredible team. Um, a, a lot of sort of the young sung heroes, I guess, are the, the mag guys like our sub, Brett Collingwood, who's just a rock star, and uh, Leah, who's a brilliant designer. And, you know, they're all working really hard behind the scenes. Kean does a lot of writing for the magazine, um, and, and he gets pulled in several different directions to help Scotty out as well with Carnage a fair bit. So, yeah, yeah we're, all, um, we're all working pretty hard for sure, but um, very fortunate to have a, a really passionate and, and talented team, a small team, but um, but yeah, quality quality people for sure. 100%. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Broads. Appreciate your time. We'll touch base with you soon. Appreciate the chat. Cheers. No thanks, worries. Broads. See you, mate. See, see you, mate. Webby, what a show, mate. Pillar, Loader, John Bauer. I know I get, probably get sick of saying it, but we've had some just fantastic guests and yeah, uh, three with Broads, four great guests again tonight. So yeah, really, really good. I reckon we'd hold the world record on this podcast, Webby. I reckon we'd hold the world record for the podcast of the most drivers who've smashed the most amount of tyres. Like how many tyres you reckon have been burned by the people we've had on the podcast? I hadn't thought of it like that, but you just what about the night we just did all the whole 12 lunatics together, mate? There would have been thousands and thousands of tyres burnt just by, by that crew. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. We'll take the world record. That sounds good. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got it. 
Don't forget Red Center Nats and Summer Nats 2021 tickets and entries are on sale right now. Uh, those events are going to come up fast. They are filling up fast. So make sure you get in and get your entries in or your spectator tickets, get all that kind of stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast uh, supplier. All right. That's it for podcast 14. Thanks, Owen. Awesome. Thanks, Jay Benz. Great show. Uh, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Cheers.